So to start off, we have to apologize profusely no, because you, you apologize. the last no, you have to apologize too. I don't want to because the last podcast the audio was atrocious. Um, Go on. We uh, I mean clearly if you listen to it, um, we we're having a little fun recording in the bath. I think I feel like we could make it work. We just have to put the like wind diffuser on and maybe wear headphones because yeah. there was a, a lot of that was like super blown out and it's okay you could hear the wind we just I'm claimed it i know but we just claimed <laughs> it as an experimental uh podcast but yeah i mean listening to crappy audio on podcasts is not fun yeah it's un unlistenable unseemly people me it was unlistenable <laughs> for me <laughs> But it's okay. If you're still here, you got through it. And you must love us so much. Yeah. And if you didn't listen to it, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Forget about so, it. So, what were we talking about last time? We talked about jobs a little bit, right? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I said that I'd applied to like a, a six-figure social media job. Yeah. Which I didn't get. No. So, you can't be my kept man after uh. all. Sorry, babe. One day, perhaps. Maybe, day, perhaps. because I do have good news that I got a different social media job. Yeah, so maybe, congratulations. Yes. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I know. It was weird. Because um, <laughs> uh, I've always known that I this, this is a line of work I would uh, should qualify for, but, you know, it's not like I went to school for it. But who went to school for social media? Surely some people do. They're good. They're I mean, it must be marketing. a major now. Yeah, yeah digital media. marketing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got a job uh, at Peter Performance Space, which is like a local movement, performance, kind of community-oriented space, and I'll be doing social media communications management. Are you a communications them? manager? You got no, a big director of communications. Oh, director! Excuse me. Wow, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds like a big girl job. It's still part time, uh, yeah. which is really important to me. It's key. And it deals with like. Um, performance would, art and experimental art which, which I went is, to school for yeah pretty dope I tweeted about this uh, I don't know if you saw this tweet maybe I told you about it in person this is one of the people who I was working with at my restaurant job I told them yeah I got a, a job in my field uh, that I studied and she was like no offense but I just didn't think you had a degree <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, I guess she knows that's offensive. At least she said no offense. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say we can we can put that on the list of like, of fucking, d- uh, stupid offensive things people said to us. Like that one time, someone was like, "What did they say?" Uh, can poor people get passports? <laughs> I was like, looking at you specifically. Yeah, like, the fuck are you asking me the bullshit ass question? It was specifically for? to you, Temba. Can poor people get passports? <laughs> like, what the, what? Who the yeah. fuck are you? I don't know. Classism it runs deep. Uh, you know, even it, even in a workplace like a restaurant, you can't always assume class solidarity. Some people are just there for. Spending money, as is this person who said that to me. Yeah, a hobby to take up time. Literally, no, I mean, literally a hobby. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to shit talk that ex-coworker of mine too much. <laughs> they are now an ex-coworker. I'm not working at that restaurant anymore. It was really wearing me down coming back to food service after two years off of work in general. I'm very, very grateful for 
the financial stability that food service and serving granted me after many years of like hustling and not having um, financial stability. I just want to say that. And but when I came back to it, I just felt so aggravated every second of every shift that I was doing uh, serving work. And I, I just couldn't get through it. Everything was aggravating me so much. Yeah, I mean, it really, for it to be tolerable, it really has to be, like... A good environment. A, yeah, a somewhat decent <clears throat> environment. Because when it's bad, it's... it's. I mean, food, food service in general is bad. But, yeah, when the environment is bad, it's just yeah. a real sit, shit sandwich. Yeah, so I'm done with that. You also changed jobs. Yeah, um, working back in the neighborhood at a much... Much better environment than the last Were you bar working I was at? working at. Yeah, do you want to say it by name? You don't have Before? to. Before? Oh, the Ace Hotel. <laughs> Which we've both worked at. And it's very, it's really funny because you, you applied for it. Or, or you said, oh, they're hiring. And I was like, you should definitely do that. I used to work at Ace Hotel as a big scare quotes door ambassador which was the <laughs> list person the velvet rope keeper the the snob who does or doesn't let you upstairs was you my were job. the gatekeeper i was the gatekeeper of the upstairs bar when they first opened they have since eliminated that job position but um i was like yeah tell me you should work there i think i make bank thinking you were uh interviewing for the upstairs bar yeah but it was for the restaurant it's for the restaurant downstairs which is slow not good yeah just i mean in general just the there's there's i mean there's quite a few cool people that worked there that were chill but Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just super corporate it's really interesting that like in the hiring process too the like Mm -hmm. hr manager was like so we're not corporate and i was Mm -hmm. like the fuck are you talking about that's their whole brand is like they're a corporation you who literally loves to say are a corporation and there's so much red tape like yeah. i've never had a more convoluted like working experience than mm-hmm. like there like to clock in not only do you need to like put in your number to clock in you have to like scan your fingerprint to clock in no, this is yeah. this is some corporate bullshit. And I, I remember I told I mean I told you that that was the reason I left there is all the management who had hired me on had I think found it too corporate and moved on to other things and then the <laughs> new like slew of managers that they hired were like extremely by the books corporate types and it just was not like it just wasn't the working environment I wanted in my life anymore and I told I think I told you yeah. that. like it's corporate but you'll make money and then the first. <laughs> thing you hear from them is we're not corporate yeah yeah it's definitely that way it was interesting though like my second to last day like the i think like the vice president Mm. of or no i think she was actually the the president president of the whole thing was like sitting at the bar for like a couple hours and we had like a really interesting conversation like between myself her and like a couple other people that were at the bar it was like yeah it was it was really interesting i was just like Please ask me about my job so I can tell you I'm fucking quitting. <laughs> but, yeah. But the new spot's more chill. So more far. chill, busier, the money's better. Yeah. Like That's all you have to, all you ask Not for. nearly as much bullshit to deal with, yeah. Which is, yeah, all you can really ask for. And you really enjoy bartending, which I think is also a big difference in our experience in food service. I'm more like, I don't really enjoy serving people food but i enjoy the flexibility and the money well i mean i don't enjoy the like service aspect yeah it's like every every once in a while yeah i do 
strike up a conversation with someone that was like, yeah, we have like a real connection and like a meaningful conversation or whatever. But the, the like, yeah, serving people part is not mm. something I'm super passionate about. I'm more, I'm interested in mixology. Mixology, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, beverage, but beverages. And I mean, I do, I do meet interesting people from time to time doing it. Yeah. Um, there's always nightmare people, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, m- the technical aspect of mixology is more what's interesting to me. Like, yeah, yeah most people can fuck off and die. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> wow, <laughs> oh babe, so true. So true. <laughs> I mean, that's how it feels though when you're doing that. I mean, there. I don't know. For me, when I say I was just getting really fed up, that was how I felt. was very much like, everybody can fuck off and die. And I don't like feeling that way. Like, I think it gets me into a really just, like, in general negative headspace if I'm at a job where I'm starting to loathe the human race. Then outside of the job, I'm also loathing the human race for other reasons. And then I just feel like... The vast majority of my time is spent as like a curmudgeonly misanthrope, and that's not really how I want to live. So, yeah, it it wasn't, you know, I I love knowing that I can always go back to that should this new venture turn out to be not in my best interest. We'll see, because social media is like its own special dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like, yeah, hopefully the environment's good. And I mean, yeah. the, the subject matter yeah. is, you know, I mean, one of the interesting. Things, and yeah. And one of the things that came up in my interview, too. Okay. All right. Punk. punk. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a small venture. It's not a corporation. It's not a for profit business. Mm-hmm. It's not like I need to get my numbers up and make sure our engagement is high. Otherwise, this whole thing's going to tank. Like, it's not like I'm selling shit yeah you know it's just uh I think that's like a totally you know I was looking at all these different social media jobs I applied for dozens of jobs during this time that I applied for this one job that I really wanted basically (laughs) um and most of them first of all social media jobs don't pay very much I think until you have a certain modicum of experience and can apply for those upper echelon hyper corporate Mm -hmm. six-figure jobs which, like, it's questionable if I could see myself being, feeling okay doing those things, you know? The one six-figure job that I applied for, which we talked about last time, was for a vibrator sex toy company. So I kind of felt like, oh, I mean, this is, like, an arena where maybe I won't feel so, like, icky about it, but it's still... You gotta wonder where that shit's made and yeah. it's being exploited. I mean, you're still you're still yeah. slanging product. You're slanging yeah. product, yeah. And there's all kinds of people who get touched by that supply chain, you know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I question if I could see myself doing that forever. So yes, this is a really nice kind of feels like the right place for me to build those skills as a social media manager in a way that's not like directly exploiting other people. Oh, you are a director of communications. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Can I also talk about the, the bad experience I had at work with the person who runs the social media at this restaurant? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Let's get a little, throw let's under, get a little bitchy. Under the bus, but... Yeah. I just thought this was interesting, and I was going to ask you, too. I was like, should we make a post about this on sacred sadism, about this idea of commodification as like a 
directive under capitalism, the idea that you, if you have something successful, you have to commodify it, you know? Mm. So at work at this restaurant, I just ended today was technically my last day. Although I'm not, You're free. I'm not going to work today, but, um, this job I just ended, I was just chatting with the, um, uh, one of the bartenders also does their social media part time. And I just wanted to, she see, it had seemed really cool. The other conversations we'd had, I had been very like cautious about anyone following or looking into social media or really learning anything about me because that's how I am at day jobs. I don't give away my trust very easily to my coworkers unless I like truly connect with you. Um, and, uh, yeah, she had seemed really cool. I knew she was doing the social media. I'd been applying to all these social media jobs, so I wanted to like talk shop with her and learn about what she was doing for the restaurant for their social media and see if she was doing TikTok was the main thing. Because mm-hmm. I was like, man, if they can just get some viral TikToks at this place, uh, more people will come and my money will be better. So I was kind of, it was a little bit like ulterior motive. Self-serving. <laughs> a little self-serving, but I wanted to see what she was doing with TikTok because I was like, if we can improve our social media then my money will be better this is a brand new restaurant it hasn't been busy but the food is really good more people should be should be going there it's yeah. like genuinely a really delicious restaurant but uh, people don't know people you don't get a know lot of about hit, it you get a lot of hits off of t- tiktok food and i yeah <laughs> so i wanted to talk to her about that strategy and we were talking about it and i was like yeah i mean I, and, th- and then I felt like safe enough with her to be like, well, this is what we're doing on TikTok. And I showed her our sacred sadism TikTok. And I was like, you know, ASMR videos do really good, maybe. Or she she was like, yeah, I've been thinking about doing like ASMR for the restaurant. I was like, you totally should. This is what we do. I put ASMR sounds on a bunch of our videos and they seem to do really well like that. So and we were just talking about that. And she saw that and then she wanted to follow us on sacred sadism on, uh, sorry, on Instagram whatever we had a talk it was good it all felt positive and then i went back to doing my work and she came up to me like 15 20 minutes later and was like so like why aren't you making any like money from what you're doing (laughs) with with, like a kind of an attitude and i was like oh you know honestly we've had a lot of opportunities i think I, i was like I was like, you know, like the, the, the bachelorette wanted us on, we've had like brands who've wanted us to do stuff for them for advertising. Like I've had a bunch of those opportunities, but you know, our goal is kind of more to create art than to like sell ourselves as influencers. And she was like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you, you could be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I know, but like, to me, like, you know, I really am an artist and it, it sort of cheapens the experience of like creating art, uh, you know, which is from my soul. It's just not the point for And us. she was like, well, she was just, she was putting on her chapstick and was like rolling her eyes, like getting really, ag- <laughs> she was getting really aggravated. <laughs> like I can't, and I was like, whoa, I was really taken aback because it was like, it was like an extremely emotional exchange out of nowhere after we had been having this really pleasant conversation. Yeah. Um... And she was like, well, you know, it's like, you kind of have to do that under capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that was that. And I was like, no, I mean, we just have decided, you know, not to. And she's like, <laughs> and just kind of like huffed off. And it was really shocking to me. And I felt kind of like sick to my stomach, honestly, after it, because I, I guess I just wasn't expecting that sort of... Um, that reaction. I wasn't expecting someone to get so emotional about choices that, that, <laughs> the choices weren't, that, affecting we made them, that yeah. weren't affecting them 
And yeah, I don't know. It was just a very like disturbing um, exchange all told. And I feel sort of embarrassed about this. And I texted you about it right away. I I force made her force unfollow us. And if, if y'all don't know what that is, that's when you go to someone and block them and then immediately unblock them and then they it makes them unfollow you. I feel embarrassed about that because it was definitely <laughs> then me being very emotional and being like, well, if she doesn't get it, she doesn't get to watch have her. Access. Have access. I mean, she still could have access, but she'd be like, it was very, I think it was very petty of me to do that. Mm. But it also just, I guess, like triggered an emotional reaction in me then, you know, like yeah. I actually don't like, I don't know. I just, I felt really annoyed and hurt and kind of sick. Because it felt like, um, I don't know, part of me was triggered to be like, maybe I am a failure because I'm not doing the things you're supposed to do. And you have a project that people really connect with. You're supposed to sell a t-shirt about it, you know, or make posters or prints Mm. for sale. Or you're supposed to do this or that. And that's how you make money. So you can say I'm a working artist. And calling yourself a working artist is like supposed to be the pinnacle of art you know yeah and it 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 triggered that whole kind of like part of my brain that I've worked hard to decondition you know I've worked hard to decondition that part that says my art is which is my heart and soul is for other people's consumption Mm -hmm. which is an edict under capitalism that we feel that every part of our existence has to be capitalized yeah you know and we've made that choice together and done that together. And I think it's been a lot of small choices that have gotten us to that point where we can be like, we're just going to do what we want. Yeah. I think that's for anyone. I mean, that's that's what makes people who are, I mean, not not to say that we're like that great and amazing or anything like that, but that's what makes people who are doing their own thing or outliers so interesting because it's mm-hmm. like, if we were making choices to like try to become influencers, maybe we wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have as many eyes on it or be as interesting to us, you know, because or people like us, people who are into capitalists would be like, can I trust these people who are like teaching? Sorry, I interrupted oh, you. Go ahead. But I mean, it, it would just be a different thing, too, because yeah. the approach would be all different and the results would be different because of the intent in going into it. You know, it it is what it is because we have made the conscious choice to make it yeah. um, more based on, yeah, we want to do what we want to do. Yeah. F- fuck making money off of it. Fuck, like, yeah, yeah trying to appease... Uh, mainstream media or whatever it may be mm-hmm. like you know checking the boxes to get seen we're like mm-hmm. no it doesn't matter if we get seen we're doing this because this is what feels good or mm-hmm. what makes us happy you know i mean sometimes we do things to get seen like we did a yeah. little interview in men's health magazine but there's something about that where it was like cool this is going to be seen by maybe some people who wouldn't see it any other way yeah and it's also it's also i think I don't mean to speak for you, but I feel like maybe you feel the same. It's also super amusing to us. In men's health. In men's health. And, so, and it's low risk, as opposed yeah. to being on The Bachelorette, which they can do anything they want with our image. Yeah. This was like, we get to say our thing. They may be like, 
didn't get every single detail of our interview perfectly represented. Yeah. But it's but, not the worst. And, and there's also a huge difference in like, oh, that came up organically than mm. us pining to be <laughs> in fucking men's health or mm-hmm. Maxim or something like that. I'd love to be in Maxim. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like... Men's Health is also a magazine for gay men, which I love. And, no, and people aren't talking about this enough. <laughs> look it up, Google it, Men's Health is for gay men or something like that like that is like an interesting like historical aspect of the magazine which i also think we brought into the interview by Mm -hmm. sort of nodding out like nodding to like gay men's leather culture being this um one of the primordial stews for bdsm as we now know it you know so i really like that there's that kind of historical and that's about like closeted like men's health has been like a, a place for closeted young gay people to express their desires yeah. historically. Oh, well, I mean, not just, I think even before Men's Health, just yeah. like, yeah, fitness, fitness magazines, magazines in general, totally. like back in the... 50s? 40s. 40s. Yeah. I mean, maybe even before that. I mean, I, I guess <clears throat> I'm, I'm most conscious of it, like at probably like end of World War II-ish time. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, or it was like criminal it, to look at porn wasn't there like a time when it was like you couldn't print it oh what like oh like like explicitly gay gay magazines yeah yeah i don't think they were i could be making that up but i feel like i'm thinking of like yeah like because i mean that was kind of like i don't know if it was tongue-in-cheek but yeah like male fitness magazines were kind of (laughs) used as like the erotic imagery magazines for gay men and today i noticed that hillary duff is nude on the cover of women's health and i'm now hillary duff she's like a disney star oh okay i I thought that was uh, who's the wrecking ball person miley cyrus oh that's not hannah montana no oh that's hillary Hillary duff Duff. oh those are different people was Miley Cyrus was Hannah Montana? I think. Oh, but Hillary, and Duff, Hillary is Duff is somebody else. She's like yeah, some other Disney oh, show. Damn. Anyway, they're all <laughs> Disney stars. They all have to reclaim their you know Britney Spears and the Mickey Mouse Club. They all, yeah. all the Disney stars have to reclaim their sexuality at some point. Anyway, she's at right. Isn't that? It seems like it's a trope. Um, she's on the cover of Women's Health, and then it made me wonder like, is this a is this a closeted lesbian magazine in the same way? I don't know. Anyway, that's derailing the conversation a little bit. But going back to this conversation with my ex-coworker, um, I felt really petty for four cent following her. But it really did trigger all of this stuff we're talking mm. about where I was just like, I feel like I've worked really fucking hard to not uh, give in to that kind of, in a way, harassment. I mean, it wasn't harassment, but it felt very, like, unnecessarily pushy. yeah. Well, you know, it's like, it's hard to fathom for some people that are super locked into like, yeah, you gotta, if you're good at something, you gotta figure out how to make money off of it. Or, I mean, this person was was doing uh, social media also, so maybe that is like a dream of theirs to be Mm. an influencer or something like that. There was something like, you know, it's something that it struck a nerve with that person. It definitely struck a nerve and I was shocked. I was, and then it struck a nerve with me. Their nerve struck my nerve. (laughs) We're crossing nerves here. You're triggering, triggering me. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Anyway, it was petty of me and I felt bad, but I was also like, that was fucking petty of her. Our conversation was done. It was pleasant. Why does she need to come up and like, 
do that. It seemed rude. Yeah. It seemed like it was mean girl energy. <laughs> like gave me bad vibes. You know, shit happens. We're not always gonna be able to react perfectly in every situation, but I think no, you but, know, but being I'll... able to recognize it yeah. and be like, okay, hopefully the next time this happens, I can alter my reaction. Well, to here's it. the main thing: is if I'm doing social media for like another entity, I cannot react in those ways. <laughs> That was, like, the my biggest takeaway. It was, like, okay, you're about to get, like, a social media job. You cannot have those kind yeah. of petty emotional reactions when you're working for someone else. But don't you think it you'll maybe be in a different headspace where it's not, like, your personal project? I think so, yeah. I so, think so. It, it may, you know... I, I, I would like to think that, yeah, there would be, like, a different separation there as opposed to, like, you I know... I think so. Something that's as personal to you as... Um, yeah. Sacred sadism. Yeah, and 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 this new job, they don't expect me to do any of the things that that person was expecting me to do. They don't expect yeah. me to grow and monetize and like, let's keep that, let's get that organic uh, engagement, engagement up and you know all those things that I think I could be really good at for a company, but I gratefully do not have to do for this organization. Um, because yuck, you know? Yeah. I mean, it it frees you to be able to just do creative stuff, make interesting content. Well, and ideally just be, uh, elevating and amplifying other people's cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's not about me. So, so that sounds exciting. Um, yeah. And then I don't have to, uh, (sighs) serving wine to like. Weird, entitled, rich people can be a little intense sometimes. Sorry, I breathed loud. Yeah, if you hit the... Don't do it. It's like the hot tub all over again. (laughs) Genevieve, like, let out a sigh, and I'm sure you heard it. uh, Blew right onto the microphone. Sorry. I've ruined another podcast for you. How could you do this to us? (laughs) We're going to lose our 30 listeners. Um... We all value and love so much. We love each and every 31 of you. Um, what else is new? You got your new job. I got my new job starting tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what is new? That's going on in the world. I don't know. Do you want to talk yeah, about that? shit in the world's always shitting. Weren't we talking about that earlier? Something the only the only constant is that we'll, we will sh- we will shit, we will pee, and we will die. I didn't. I don't remember talking about we that. T- but it sounds correct. <laughs> we were talking something about that. I said that. I don't know. Um, I wanted to talk about the mesquite tree. Oh yeah, you had a recent discovery yeah. with your. Yeah. We've we've talked about the mesquite tree. Have we really? Before. Yeah. Okay. When so you were first getting into it and excited about oh, it. Oh yeah. So this so. is embarrassing. An embarrassing <laughs> conclusion to that story. <laughs> so yesterday, I followed this account on Twitter called um build soil i want to say and uh he's like a kind of ecological environmental activist type person um and his big project is like just focus on one thing to help mitigate some of the worst effects of climate change and that thing is build soil here's how you build soil and plant chestnuts that's his project build soil plant chestnuts um, so and, we can eat the chestnuts or yeah. are chestnut trees like a really good like soil stabilizing um, plants? Both. So I mean certain kinds of trees have root systems that build refugia. Uh, uh, or is that the right word? Refugia? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think refugia is, I could be wrong. 
and Google me to, to prove me wrong, but like I think it's things like fallen twigs and branches and things that build soil and they also create an ecosystem for oh, smaller life so forms. Bi- so yeah, biomass. Yeah, biomass, yeah. Um, chestnuts might help do that with like fall- the leaves and the, all the meat of the, the fruit that falls on the ground and stuff like that. But um, also chestnuts in, the, in more like northern climates of the U.S., uh, maybe in the... Uh, the south also not the southwest where we are um they're super food they grow re- really fast mm. they are super high in all kinds of protein fat and uh nutrients it's like a if there is i think his whole point is if there are chestnuts growing everywhere we'd have this like r- r- uh sustainable food source that also builds soil captures carbon all these th- is that right trees capture carbon uh yeah yeah they sequester uh, plants sequester. <clears throat> sequester carbon um so it's a really good tree for that but i would be so fucking sick of chestnuts i know but, if you're, <laughs> but let's just say all of our let's just say all of our food systems break down which are likely in a dust bowl scenario like where you know all this industrial agriculture we can no longer grow the things that we've grown for so long that we depend on and assume we're always going to oh, be mean, in our grocery we're house. like 40 to 60 years yeah. out from topsoil collapse right exactly <laughs> so that's the point of this anyway the whole point of this project is to educate people about these specific things mm-hmm. and say here's one small thing you can do you can actually do to mitigate some of the worst effects of climate change build soil plant chestnuts if you don't live in a region where chestnuts thrive mesquite was what he recommended because i was asking about it at some point when i first started following his account um and so he said mesquite is good for these regions that we live in so desert desert regions they're um arid climate adapted plants that also grow mesquite beans which are a superfood and um apparently are like kind of like a sweet it's like a sweet bean kind of and you can make flour with it so you can make breads you can make um tortillas and stuff like that noodles noodles <laughs> sure um and it's also a good source of what firewood and oh yeah people like stuff. to smoke with mesquite and, mm-hmm. yeah um so anyway back in the beginning of lockdown in 2020 i was spending 12 hours a day on twitter and um shaking my head (laughs) daddy remembers my uh my uh my adrenal glands were shot and i was reading about all of this and i said i want to try to grow a mesquite tree i want to do one little thing that i can do just like this person says so i went on to etsy to find mesquite seeds i guess and i found some seller and I bought some mesquite seeds and I scoured them, which you have to do, and I germinated them in the refrigerator and then planted them and then I gave away a couple of them, right? You did, yeah. And then planted one that seemed the most hardy in our yard when that time came. Now it's about 10 feet tall, would you say? Yeah, it's a big boy. It's only like it's been two, two years. years old. They, grow, they can grow up to 10 feet a year. Um, the plant that it actually is, not mesquite trees. <laughs> I found out yesterday, this person, Build Soil, was posting on Twitter, hey, my timeline's really depressing. Can people, like, show me some, like, happy, good things that are going on in their life? So I posted a video of the mesquite tree. I was like, look at it, it's 10 feet tall. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'm so happy about it. The bees love it or something. 
And then I was looking at it, and I was like, man, I wonder what kind of mesquite tree this is. So I went online to look it up based on the flowers that it's growing for the first time. It's growing these little puffball white flowers. Like little fireworks. Yeah, they're really cute little flowers. Um, this is a, this is only after a year, so which means it'll probably make beans this year, too. Oh, yeah, we'll cool. See. But I went online, I started looking up different kinds of mesquite trees, and none of the mesquite flowers I was seeing matched <laughs> <laughs> these mesquite flowers. And eventually I found out that what I have in fact grown from seed is a, I can't remember the Latin name, but it's known as a um, desert fern or a feather tree or a false tamarind are some of the common names for it. So it is technically classified as a tempe mesquite and it's native to the Sonoran desert region. Um, Are those our chickens or were those geese? Uh, I heard something, but it, it I couldn't geese. really make it out. Okay, sometimes the chickens sound like ge- the geese <clears> that pass over. Um, and yeah, so it's a uh, it's not a mesquite tree. Yeah, <laughs> Genevieve texted me at work last night. So, <laughs> so I found out the mesquite's not a mesquite. So, but okay, so I got duped. Whoever got these seeds mu- uh, must have misidentified them. There's no yeah. there, There's no uh, profit based motive for them to sell me dupe mesquite seeds that cost probably like. <laughs> Three dollars or something online. Um, <laughs> Make a million dollars selling fake mosquitoes. I mean, however, their Etsy shop is no longer open. I might, I might add. Maybe they did make a bunch of money. Maybe they just made off. <laughs> they saw, they saw this trend of this guy on the internet who has hundreds of thousands of followers, and they're like, "Oh, the mesquite seed market's about to blow up." <laughs> see what we're gonna do, see? Yeah. Sell these seeds as mesquite, but close enough normal no till they bloom. Two years at least. Well, and you know what I learned. <laughs> then about the seeds they are still edible the the pods that we're going to have growing they're still edible they they're not as like meaty and juicy as mesquite seeds you need way more to get any like uh you know large amount of flour from Mm -hmm. them so what are we gonna make with them (sighs) pancake I mean, we can try to make flour, but like I said, I don't think they, I think the seeds are a lot less meaty, so it's got to be years before it produces enough fruit. Or should we just eat the seeds? Just, we could, ro- so, we could roast them. I think you have to cook them. With like salt? I was looking it up, and I think if you eat them raw. It's not good. I don't think it's good. And I just, it doesn't sound like they're as tasty as mesquite, or as nutritious, or as plentiful. <sighs> It's okay. <laughs> but but I said this. I didn't want to bum out the thread of him looking for happy things to be excited. Then that I was like, wait, this isn't even a mesquite tree. <laughs> and I posted that in the thread. But you know, the butterflies and the bees love it. It's going to provide shade. It's going to grow to up to 50 feet. Mesquite trees don't get that big. And it's a great shade plant. Uh, it's a water sucker, so it's not great for like anyone who wants to garden around it but we did say that it's gonna steal all the water from our neighbor's yard but our neighbor doesn't even he He has like rocks down yeah you're right (laughs) but if he ever decides to garden he can't because the tree is gonna steal all the water out of the soil (laughs) (laughs) checkmate in the neighbor wars that neighbor So, yep, that's the mesquite story for anyone who uh, wanted to know. And I'm always <laughs> bragging about my one, my one tree, one my one tree that I, 
that I love to brag about. I love Miss Kate so much. I've been talking about it for two Je- years Genevieve now. Genevieve wanted to be the Johnny Appleseed of Miss Kate. <laughs> but just one, just one tree. Oh yeah, and I did give it to someone else in that group. There's like a Twitter, yeah. there's like a Twitter DM group that this Twitter account started for people who want to do mesquite planting yeah. so we can all organize together to get mesquite trees. And I gave this false mesquite tree to somebody else. Did I you should... tell the person? Not yet. I've been too sad and embarrassed. Oh. I will tell I will tell him. I don't even know if his is still alive oh. or theirs is still alive. You yeah. only gave it to one person? I thought you gave it to more than one. Mm, well, but... I, gave, I gave one to Zach and Britta. Oh, okay. I don't know if they oh, made it to their them. new home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, that's the story, the mesquite. What have you? What's new and interesting in your garden? Um, I don't know. I got a, I, I have a few sunflowers. There's a constant, constant sunflower battle. Luckily, I think all the. I don't know if the listeners have heard me bitching about the fucking squirrels eating oh. my sunflowers, but I think all the squirrels are dead because these squirrels, oh. when I've seen them, they look they look young. Oh. So, no, uh, previous dead. years, these fucking squirrels would come down and they would just tear apart my sunflowers before they're even ready to seed. They would mm. just, like, think that they were getting seeds out of them. They'd just fuck them up and they hadn't even gone to seed yet. So some mm. of the ones that have already bloomed now... Looks like they're actually going to get some sunflower seeds from them because the squirrels haven't attacked them yet. Yeah. Um, which is uh, very exciting. It's your dream to have your sunflower forest back again. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get it in Southern California again just because... It's not that wet. Rain, yeah. I, I only got that that one year. It was like a very wet year. Yeah. <clears throat> and I had a ton of really tall ones. I'm going to have some tall ones this year. Yeah. I, I think I already have one that's probably about the same height as your non-mesquite like 10 feet yeah it's almost it's taller than the guava tree that it's next yeah next to so that's exciting i don't know what else is we have a nice little wildflower hill going on this oh, year oh yeah the wildflower hill is beautiful lots of nasturtium my hyssop plant is flowering for the first time i think yeah um Calendula everywhere, which you're sick of. Yeah. Um, the calendula's taken over. Um, calendula's getting out of hand. I'm sick of it. <laughs> calendula's so nice, though. It's ornamental. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh. I just wish it was, like, more varied colors. It's I just... get that. But we do have some nice, like, yeah. purples and pinks, and we have all this nasturtium. Mm-hmm. The yard looks nice. It does. Yeah. I don't know. Nothing really else that new I can think of. What do you have brewing? We can <laughs> cut Come on. it. There's nothing brewing right now. I'm just You're making wine. I'm aging the yeah, second <clears throat> second year uh I guess second year third batch of uh loquat wine. Mm-hmm. And this one I think last year I tried to make it sparkling but it wasn't successful. I think this year I'm going to do it cuz I accidentally knocked over a bottle um under the bed a couple days ago or last week something like that and it like kind of loosened the cap and it was just started spray like hissing it was just going mm. I was like oh no 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 so I had to like reclamp it really quickly but it sounded like there was some pressure in there some positive pressure so we, maybe we'll get some sparkling wine in like yes. another 3 months 4 months the best 4 to 6 months that 00 zero. That natu- that natty. That natty, natty wine. Yeah, daddy's natty. 
This one should be interesting we though, because when we should call it Daddy's Maddie. Okay, that's what it's gonna be called. Yes. Wow. Thank when I bottled it, this one uh, tasted a lot funkier than yeah. the one I did last year, yes. which will be exciting to see how it comes out. So, have a bit of a funky wine, which is for anyone that's into natural wine. Maybe maybe some people don't like funky natural wine, but. Maybe we could call it the Funky Optimist after my first screen name in 1996. <laughs> no, it's or Daddy's Natty. Bad, Bad Boy 69, 1996. That wasn't my screen name. What was it? And for my our listeners, I'm I'm scowling at Genevieve. <laughs> She's attempting to make fun of me. No, I love one your of, name. One of my screen names from high school, which. We will not be talking about at this time. Well, anyway, can we call my, call it fun, Funky Optimist after my... No, you already made the first name. Daddy's Natty, that's it. <laughs> Daddy, but it has to be Daddy with two T's. Daddy's Natty. Daddy. Daddy's Natty. Daddy's Natty. <laughs> All right, that's our little update halfway through the month. Yeah, we're not even halfway. We're at the beginning the of... Third through May, mm-hmm. we yeah, we tried to get it done for the end of last month, but Whatever. we're doing it now. We'll try to do another one at the end of this month. Yeah. No have tos. We like to live a life with no have tos. We but live no have tos. Since we're paying for the hosting of the podcast, we, we might as well make podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we have to update our sacred sadism website too. Oh, it's gonna auto bill me in a few weeks. Don't let me forget to put money in the bank. Yeah. Ooh, uh, the pain I experienced a few days ago buying that new phone. Oh, yeah. Jim got her first new phone <laughs> in many years. Is that really so weird? I told I told my brother I got my first phone in six years, and he was like, I don't understand how people hold on to a phone for six years. He's not even talking about technology, just in terms of, like, he loses his phone, like, uh, constantly. Oh, a lot. Wow. Is that most people? Do most people lose and break their phone constantly? I think... I don't know. I think it's I think it's kind of like keys. There's some people that like oh, lose things a lot. often. I don't yeah. lose things very often. I don't. Yeah, I don't lose. I don't. You did lose your wall, your uh, wallet recently. Yeah, I think that was maybe I've First I've lost my wallet maybe twice in my life. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've I've and I've lost one phone. Um, that's it. That's not bad. No. So yeah, I think there are. I think there are just some people that misplace things often. Yeah. Um, I I went to the bins with someone who I didn't know that well, and they left. They set their phone down in a bin. No. And kept going. Oh no, that shit's gone. They found it. They did. Some Uh they they used find my phone and they found it. Did someone have it? No, it was in a bin bin still. So that (laughs) turned out okay. Does find my phone really pinpoint that well though? Uh, Does it really go that that like? In depth. I've never used it. I me either. I'm not sure how yeah. accurate that is. I that mean, seems too accurate. Anyway, somehow she found. It. Maybe someone else found it. I remember she went and started asking around to people. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I had to get a new phone. I figured I didn't have to, but like my phone wouldn't update any further. So there were certain apps I couldn't use. The Gotta battery. That, it was uh... a six, so the battery was starting to bubble again, and it wasn't functioning correctly. So I got a new phone, much to my chagrin. There's something I just feel really dirty about, like, 
buying into playing into the whole Apple planned obsolescence scheme, but I could have gotten an Android and I didn't, so it's really up to me, isn't it? I mean, it's not like it's all the same. Android's not nah. doing the same shit. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> anyway, I got a new phone. I have a memoji now. If, you, if anyone wants to text me and experience my memoji. <laughs> the, the, that's, the, that's like the only thing about getting a new phone that seems different. It's just like, okay, I have more you, emojis you your now. Memojis. I mean, I just think it's kind of like, it's messed up that I can't use an old iPhone 6 anymore, you know? Well... If they let you use your old one, then there would be too many people just sitting on their old phones and not buying new ones, you know? How would Apple continue to grow its profits, you know? Because capitalism, you know? Babe. So you got to engineer shit where for those that don't constantly break or lose their phones Mm. will be motivated to buy more shit. They should be rewarded and they should just have like a little chip that you replace or something you have to place the I mean, whole fucking thing they, the cobalt they could completely make them modular and upgradable but i thought they i thought that a law had passed that uh they had to stop doing planned obsolescence stuff or they had to make it so you could fix your own phone yes and i think they made it so you wouldn't void your warranty if you fixed your own phone oh but okay <clears throat> i don't think i don't i I don't think they're going to outlaw planned obsolescence. I mean, <laughs> you can make a law for that, but you're going to, people are going to figure a way, way, a way around that to, yeah. you know. <clears throat> Banning shut doesn't necessarily stop it. It just makes it more sophisticated. Right. <laughs> Ouch. And all laws do deserve to be broken. I just don't like that the people who get away with it the most are not people, but business entities. Yeah. Anyhow... We'll leave it at that. Yes. Why not? Hope all's well with ya. Yeah, enjoy the sun, the, the sunshine and the, the air we breathe while we're here. While we're here, put your feet in the dirt. Ooh, yeah, touch some grass. We love that. If you have the ability yeah. and space. Access. Grass access. access. And if not... Uh, Go to Home Depot and break them from a bag of soil. And just oh, sniff your, it. It's good for you. Stick your feet. I wouldn't sniff it. Why not? Mm. It's good for you. It's an antidepressant. Yeah, but like a bag of potting soil? Yeah. It's got weird shit in there. Especially if it's miracle Grow. Don't, don't do that kind. <laughs> do, the or, do the organic McCormick's or whatever it's called. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic, with a K, halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps, and Temba is Tembizzle, T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.